0: Have you ever wondered why you could not go from being a hearing Christian to a doing Christian? Have you ever noticed that there is a huge divide between what you hear on a Sunday and actually getting the things done that are preached? If you are anything like me, you are tired of hearing great word on a Sunday and not knowing what to do with it come Monday. This podcast will provide you with practical steps that will help you significantly grow your Christian life and put you way ahead of where you used to be and put to sleep those old frustrations of unfulfilled expectations. I am Craig Venn. And this is the Building the Kingdom Q&A podcast. Well, welcome to another amazing episode of the Building the Kingdom Q&A podcast. My name is Pastor C and I am under the watchful eye of our senior pastor and leader, Pastor Vernon orange So what an amazing man of God. And what a great time to be alive. What a great time to be having a podcast that we can talk about some of this really cool stuff that's going on. And... Um, uh, if you were in the service, or you were zooming in, or you were on uh, Facebook and you were looking at uh, or watching the service being involved in the service, that way you know that Sunday morning, Pastor brought an amazing word, and uh, yeah, let's uh, let's do this. <laughs> up to episode 42 now, 43, whatever it's going to be, and uh, we're in it for the long run. I've been challenged to do 365 of these, and um, it's going well. It's going well. Sometimes a bit of a challenge to be consistent. I think everybody's challenge is trying to figure out how to get consistency in their lives and and in the different things that they're wanting to do. And um, uh, I committed to 365 episodes, and whatever happens after that happens after that. But Uh, I'm at least here for 365 episodes, so that's a tough challenge, um, but I'm glad I'm doing it um, because some of the responses have been really good, and we've seen uh, some really life-changing things happen, Um, so that's exciting uh, to know that you have significance and that you have influence and that you're seeing people's lives change. and that's kind of the process of what this podcast is about—is trying to answer some of the questions. And if you heard the intro, uh, one of the things that we're dealing with—I think that's a worldwide phenomenon—is um, that people hear really good word on a Sunday, and then I'm trying to figure out how to practically um, how to practically put that in place Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday—to to not just have good word but good word that I'm apt, able to practically apply and then see changes and see the development and the growth in my life. I think that's very, very important. And and I was having this conversation with my mom just a, a couple of hours ago. I was sitting and I, and I was telling her kind of how I'm presenting anything that I'm presenting at the moment. Um, and I, I gave away a little bit of my secret uh, in some of the stuff that I was doing. I was, t- I was saying, you know, when I'm presenting something, I'm telling you upfront what my objectives are in that meeting. So I'm I'm gonna do this, and then I'm gonna do that, and th- this is my my um my thing that I'm I'm bringing to you. And then I tell you how it works, um, like how the whole process is. So I, I, I kind of hook your attention with what's available. And then I tell you the story and then I'm, I'm it's, at the end of it, I kind of make an offer to you and I say, all right, this is what, this is what you're going to get, but you've got to do something as well. It's not a one way road. You have to do something. And the conversion rate, let's say conversion rate of people that just listen and go home. That's, we know we've seen a lot of people that just listen and go, wow, that's a great message, go home. But then you get those one or two or three or four or five that take what you've said, um, and figure out, become creative in figuring out how am I gonna apply this? How am I gonna make this thing work um, so that it works for me? How am I gonna say what, take what Pastor preached on Sunday and figure out what that means to me? I think about it long enough and study it deep enough to figure out what the Lord is actually saying to me. And what is it that I'm supposed to be doing? And I think that's where you've, you you kind of have the separating line between the men and the boys and the girls and the women is those that are willing to dig in deep enough into the Word of God and find the things that need to change and and, and kind of do some of that. The work, that's right, work is a four-letter word. <laughs> some people think, like, what, I actually have to do something. You actually have to put some work in, some effort in, To be able to build your spiritual life. If you think it's going to come to you free and going to come to you easy, you're wrong. The the things that you're wanting to see are going to take effort. You're going to have to put some work in. You're going to have to become creative. You're going to have to become resourceful. You're going to have to figure out that this stuff is not going to be handed to you. Becoming a a powerful Christian, um, a powerful born-again individual that has influence, that has an exciting, adventurous, uh, powerful, amazing life doesn't come cheap and easy comes expensive, and it's hard, and and um, there's a lot of obstacles that you have to, have to overcome, but it stands to have the greatest payoff in your life. Nothing is as fulfilling as doing that because the payoff is eternal. Anything that you do over here is just temporary. It's just kind of stuff that stays here, and you have to walk away from it, and, and one day when you die, you leave it. But when you've become a powerful, influential um uh, Christian that actually gets the job done, and has influence, and it leaves an indelible mark um, in the earth, that doesn't go away when you're gone, that is eternal, because people's lives get influenced, and get pulled closer to God, and then one day in heaven, they're in and saying thank you, and I, I don't know like, I don't, I don't know what else you could possibly want, who wouldn't want that, who wouldn't want that kind of return on investment. So it's hard work now. And maybe people are going to say, obviously you're going to have haters and obviously you're going to have this and obviously you're going to have that. Obviously you're going to have to overcome a whole bunch of stuff. But it's so worth it because forever, like you make an investment that's going to pay off forever. Like who doesn't want that? That's super, like super return on investment. There's nothing over here that pays off that well. you got to build over here with, with temporal things, but you've really got to, think about how am I going to put the work in, the effort in, the resources in, the creativity in to building a eternal and eternal uh, return on investment. And I think it's so important. And so that's why I'm saying, you know, some of the stuff that we're doing um, uh, in, in in our Christian walk, it's kind of, I don't want to say cheap but it's there's just no in effort or investment in it. And I'm not, I'm not talking about the programs that you're involved in um in your local church wherever you are in the world listen to this but I'm talking about people that are investing in their relationship with God and helping others to have a relationship with God because I think that's like super important is figuring out figuring out how to do that like number 1 I must have a great relationship with the Lord um and number two, I've got to figure out how to help others do that because that has really eternal value. That's the whole point of everything that we do. You can have amazing programs in your church, but if, if, you don't, if you're not bringing people close to God and, and you're facilitating a great relationship between people and Him, it's kind of like, what are you doing? Because you know, people got to get saved so that they can have a relationship with the Lord. And so we're trying to figure out how to do that. Okay, so um, Pastor was preaching on Sunday. Uh, it was a. It was uh, once again. I, I don't know how you like how he does this every week, but every week there's just this message from God, which is so powerful, and um, and that's what I like to talk about. in my initial podcast straight off the weekend is to talk about what my takeaways from that were, from that message were, um, and I kind of point out the, the highlights. What for me, the stuff that I highlighted and said, okay, that's the thing that I, that I want to talk about. Um, and that's kind of the thing that that's blessed me and and um, uh, helped to me to understand where I am on my journey. And one of the things that Pastor said, he preached from the from um, the, the scripture Psalms 105, 5 and and uh, Psalms 105 verse 5 to 10 and 16 and 17. Psalms 105 verse 5 to 10 and verse 16 and 17. And I'm not going to read it right now, um, but I want you to take time and go and and um, and go and read through the scriptures, underline it, put the marks that you need to put in the margins and, and start studying it out because his title was the summary does not tell the story. The summary doesn't tell the story. And I'm sure that you can identify with that where you are in your life. Like people see where you are right now. They have no idea what it took you to get there. They see where, like it, it took a lot of ups and a lot of downs and you might see my surroundings, but you have no idea what my ups and downs have brought me inside. Um, I've, I've had to get into like a little bit of accounting. I vowed <laughs> when I saw my dad's, like how he had to work and my mom and how, how they had to do their thing. And they're both qualified um, uh, in accounting and bookkeeping and all that kind of stuff. And I was like, oh gosh, so, I never want to do that. It looks so boring. <laughs> and then I found myself landing up right there. And one thing I found out is that when you're busy with an account, um, let's say you've got a fuel account or you've got a clothing account or you've got whatever account that you're busy with, you can't look at the account as, account as it is now. You have to understand because you don't. That doesn't tell the whole story. If you want, if there's something wrong with the account, um, you have to go back to, to when that account started, and payments were made, and withdrawals were made, and payments were made, and purchases were made, payments were made and and I like how, to to understand what the account is today you have to go back to the original state of that account and look through everything that's gone and everything's been taken out of that account so that that's why you'll understand where it is today and that's kind of how your life is you can't i can't look at you now where you are in in your life now and say well that's kind of what you are i can't make a judgment based on that i have to look at everything that's happened and what's gotten you to that place and that's why you are like you are. Um, so the summary totally doesn't tell you the story. If you want to know the story, you have to go back and go through all the statements of the account and go look and look and look. And, okay, that's what went in, that's what came out, that's what went in, that's what came out. And now we understand why the account is in the state that it's in. That's your life. We understand why you are where you are because of everything that you've been through the investments you've made, the withdrawals you've made, the investments you've made, the, the purchases you've made, everything's gone on with you makes you where you are today. And you can't escape that you are where you are because of everything that's gone in your life. You can't get away from that. It is what it is. Um, and you have to kind of own that and take responsibility and say, okay, it's either I stop withdrawing from this account and start investing in this account, or I'm going to keep on filing up and being in the place I'm in. So that kind of gives you an idea, um, of understanding. Parts was making the, the, um, the description around Joseph and how his life was. And you look at him as the prime minister of Egypt, you go, wow, that's amazing, and you're just this incredible guy, and you've been able to save the whole world, but that, that doesn't tell a story. He doesn't, you know, you don't know what it cost him to get there. He had to go through, like, this whole thing, his family betrayed him, and got thrown in a pit, and they lied about him, told him he was dead, and, and then all of a sudden, he gets sold off as a slave, and then he goes to part of his house, and he gets, like, framed, um, and that whole thing with part of his wife, and... That was like a whole big mess. And then he lands up in prison and he goes and interprets dreams in the prison. And the people forget that he was there. It's like, oh my gosh, it's so terrible. And then all of a sudden he lands up in front of Nebuchadnezzar, or, or Pharaoh, excuse me, in front of Pharaoh. And it's like his whole world turns around. But like, what got him there? And I was actually having a conversation um, with, with Pastor, a senior pastor, about this. And we were talking about it. And something came up that was so cool. Is I wonder what, Pharaoh, what, what Joseph's life was like before he had the dream right before he has the dream and he sees his father and mother bowing down to him and his brothers and sisters or brothers and everybody bound down to him and he sees all this happening like why did god trust him with that? why did god trust like what did he do that qualified him for that dream like what what was that thing um because he must have done something right something something must have gone on um that the lord said i'm gonna trust joseph and he's i'm gonna give him a dream. And he's going to tell the dream too soon. It's going to cost him everything. And he's going to take this really hard, long journey. I'm going to use that journey to develop in him stuff that he needs to be able to stand in front of Pharaoh and then one day lead a nation. Like, what was that thing that that qualified him to be able to get that kind of dream? I'd like to know what that was. Because obviously he obviously did something right. That the Lord said, ah, oh, this is a guy that I can use. Like what was his character trait? One of the character traits that I really liked about him is the Bible says that when he came out of prison, because because Pharaoh was calling for him and saying I need you to interpret my dream, he went and shaved because he understood that Egyptians hate beards. I don't understand why, but they they hate beards. They don't like facial hair. In that time, the Pharaohs that they didn't like it, so he so he understood protocol. He wasn't going to be like, oh, I'm you've been betra- you like treated me really badly for all these years, so, um. I, I don't really care how I look. No, he understood protocol and, and he made sure he looked presentable before he did that. So there were certain character traits that we don't really read in scripture, that, but we got to think and say like, what was that thing? Why was he like that? And we've got to kind of read between the lines lines and uncode and decode the whole situation, kind of hack um, into the thing and figure out why he was like that and what what God saw that he trusted. Same thing with Nehemiah. Oh no, excuse me, not Nehemiah, Jonah. What was it? Why did... like? What was the thing that God saw in him that he knew he could trust him? Like he's going to go the long way around. And according to Nineveh, he's going to go to Tarsus, get on this boat, stir up a storm. He's going to make these people throw, throw them over, throw him over. He's going to spend three days in the bottom of the belly of a fish, get spewed out. And then he's going to say yes. And then when he says yes, he's still not going to have a good attitude about it. But eventually he's going to lead a citywide revival that's going to change like all these people's lives. But what was that thing? And that process doesn't start when the, the trouble starts. That process starts like way before. As God develops you and gets you ready for the thing that you need to go and do, but um, you're going to go through this whole thing where your whole character is being exposed, and it's that's really painful. You become so vulnerable, and you're going, "Oh my gosh, I didn't know I was terrible over here. I didn't know I was terrible over here." And when when you're not willing to admit that you like got some character issues that need to be fixed, and say, "This is it. I'm owning it. Uh, that's me." I got this issue, I got this thing, I got this thing that I'm trying to deal with, I got a lying tongue, I got a a, a lustful eye, I got a lustful flesh, I got, oh, I'm dealing with all this terrible stuff, and I didn't know, and I didn't want to admit it, now I'm vulnerable, now the whole world knows I'm like this, but like, you can't carry that stuff into your assignment, so might as well deal with it, and once you've owned it, and been honest about it, then you can move on, but so long as you're trying to hide it, and trying to say, and trying to let people know that you've already arrived, then you're just never going to get there. So might as well just deal with the stuff, right. So I thought that was really powerful. One of the things that stood out for me um, in Pastor's message um, was was that Eve was dealing with this with the serpent, and the serpent was something that was already familiar. She was familiar. She she knew the serpent. She had understood. I don't. I personally don't think this was the first time she ever heard about the serpent because God had said to them, "Be fruitful, multiply, replenish, subdue, and have dominion." I mean, why would you have to replenish? Sub, excuse me, subdue and have dominion in a perfect environment. Why would you have to subdue and have dominion? Why would you have to dominate something that's perfect and in harmony? Why would you have to subdue something that's perfect and in harmony? It's what he's giving them a clue, saying there's a snake coming, there's a serpent coming. You need to be careful. Um, And so she already knew that he was coming, so she's familiar with him. So the enemy uses things that are familiar to you, because that's already on the inside of your life. So. That's already there. So she wasn't like, oh my gosh, here comes a big dragon that I've never ever met before and this person is just so unfamiliar. So I can obviously see this person. No, he doesn't do that. He brings things that are familiar, that, that, that are attractive, that look at and you and go, oh gosh, yes. That's something that I really need in my life right now. And that's how he got in. So uh, one, one thing also, um, I just want to kind of hit on the, the points that Pastor was making. The Pastor was talking about how how he uses uncomfortable situations um, to get you to where you need to be. Ask Jonah. Jonah had to go to the bottom, the belly of the, the the fish. Joseph had to go through this whole long process. It was like really uncomfortable, but it got him to where he needed to be. And the uncomfortable process, you know, I was thinking, this, this is what I was thinking, is that when you, when you do something right that catches the eye of God, and I'm not trying to like, and I'm not saying like sniff up to him and try and, like, like, do stuff, like suck up to him, that's what I'm talking about, because I think he's a bit smarter than that, right, so I don't think he's really going to go for that stuff, so, but I'm talking about stuff where you really do something from the purity of your heart, that that just catches the eye of God, you just do something because you just, I just want to be like, I just want to do this thing, and and not for any other reason, I don't need any payback from it, but something about that, that purity of what you did, catches the eye of God, and, um, So, but that thing that you do qualifies you for the training, right? So you do that thing and it's like, God goes, yeah, that's what I was looking for. And then all of a sudden, the only problem with that situation then is this, is that you're still not ready. (laughs) You're still not, just because you did the right thing doesn't mean you're ready. You still have to go through this whole process of character building that gets you ready. To be able to do the assignment. So you do something. In purity. Like Saul. The King Saul. He did something in the purity of his heart. He came before a man of God. And he said. I so cannot go before a man of God without a gift. You don't do that. It's wrong. Um, because he was looking for his father's donkeys. And he does that. And then all of a sudden. This is actually the guy that's going to be the leader of the nation. But it doesn't mean he's ready for the assignment. He starts to go through this whole process. Which he kind of doesn't something what goes wrong and it messes it up. And David has to take over. And David's getting it all wrong anyway, but he also has a but God says, Hey, this is a guy after my own heart. So he figures it out. Goes to the process. Bathsheba. Illegitimate child. Bang, 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 bang. The whole thing happens. He has to go through the, in fact when he's anointed and before all that something about him had caught the heart of God, but he had to live on the backside of the hill, be rejected by his father, um Saul wanted to kill him, He had to. Saul rejected him, he had to run away, he had to go through all these rebellions in the nation, and then finally he rises up, he had to go through the whole, just because he's chosen doesn't mean he's ready, he has to go through the process, and that's what got him ready, so that's where you are, you're in like this uncomfortable situation, but it's not because you did something wrong, It's nine times out of ten, it's, 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 some of the stuff that that you're going through is because you did something right, and you've qualified for God's training, you did something right, and that qualified you, that got you in the game. And now you're in this training process of getting ready um, for your assignment. And that's why it's painful. But it's not painful because it's trying to kill you. It's painful because it's trying to get you better so that your character gets built. And every time you kind of circumvent oh, it's too hard, it's too hard. Then it just takes you longer to get to the point, right? To get to the assignment. And, and like, that's something that you really need to pay attention to is thinking that what I'm going through right now is training. And I did something right that qualified me to be in the training because I have an assignment and it's really dealing, dealing with the character and that's really hard because it's not like I have to I don't have to, I'm not trying to get fits like physically fits or financially fit. I just like my character that's getting touched here and that's hard because I'm having to be brutally honest with myself make myself totally vulnerable and go through this whole process and that's 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 kind of difficult to do but something you did something right that qualified you for that training that now puts you in a place to be able to be a voice so I hope that makes sense so, um, the pastor was saying that the race is against time. Um, and there are certain things that God wants to build in us. And that's why he divinely interrupts our lives. He divinely interrupts. If you realize or remember what it was like before you connected with KBM or connected with this podcast, connected spiritually, wherever you are, um, your life was on a, a, a kind of track somewhere. It doesn't matter whether it was the right track or the wrong track. It was, you were on your way somewhere. And then all of a sudden God divinely interrupts and says, okay, boom, enough. Okay. I've just not the plan. That I have for you. And I'm moving you over here. To this thing. And it's an interruption. And it's uncomfortable. And it's inconvenient. And it's costly. But God's busy with you. And you go through this thing. That he starts to process you. And take you through this whole machinery of stuff. That builds you. Um, If I had to look at my life and think. Gosh. I remember where I was. Or how I was. Or what I was going through. And it was just a disaster where I was. And then the painful process of of going through the training was, was really tough. But now I look back and I go, whoa, it was so worth it. And I'm very grateful um, that the Lord didn't give up on me. Okay. So, moving on. Um, okay, what else did Pastor say? I'm just going through my notes here. <clears throat> um, oh, yeah, this was so good. This was, oh, gosh, i could got to forget this. It's the dream that gets me through the difficult times. Um, and sometimes it's the dream that got me into trouble, but it's a dream that's going to get me through the trouble as well So you have a dream. I've got like stuff that, go, that goes in my head Like I've got a dream like this, these things I want to accomplish in my life And things that the Lord has told me that I'm gonna do uh, if I had to tell people now It's just like are you kidding? That's never gonna happen for you. That's like that's way too out there I think you missed it. I think I don't think God told you. I think you smoked your socks or something I don't know what you did, but it's you so that's not it. That's not gonna happen for you, but it gets me through so when I'm sitting and thinking I'm daydreaming and I'm lying in bed that's what I'm thinking about I'm thinking about this dream and accomplishing that stuff because I really want I really want to do that and I really want it to happen um, but it's those dreams that get me through the difficult times and if you don't have a dream you need to get one um, you need to decide what what track your life is on what is it that you want to accomplish um, and if you don't know how to do that hit me up with an email um, to be able to s- start talking about some of those things um, yeah so cool and can my dream Stand the test of time. That's another thing you said. Get can, can my dream. Stand the test, stand the test of time. Some, some of you say, Oh, I got a dream to do this thing. And then two weeks later, you got another dream to do another thing. And then you, your first dream is gone because it's like, Oh, it, it, it couldn't stand the test of time. And it wasn't really a godly dream. It wasn't a, fa- a foundation dream. It wasn't measurable. It wasn't specific. It wasn't something that was solid that was going to go through the test of time. Okay. Uh, here's a question that I have for you. Oh, here's, before I ask my question, here's the thing that I want to talk to you about um, that Pastor was talking about. This was really amazing. He said, uh, Pharaoh doesn't need a dreamer right now. Pharaoh needs an interpreter. He needs he needs the wisdom that goes with the dream. I know the dream. Um, I had the dream, so I know the dream, so you don't have to tell me my dream. I got that. I need somebody that can interpret the dream. In the dream, other words, decode it. Um, spiritually break it down for me. And then once we understand what the Lord's saying, what? What is the actual wisdom, the applicable wisdom that's not so super spiritual that you know or, or, or deep that you can't help me? What is God saying and what do I need to do with what God is saying to me? That's important. You can't just have a dream, decode the dream, say that's what your dream means. And then I don't know what to do after that. What do I do? What, what is my, like, my practical application of the wisdom that you gave me? Something I said the other day is, is knowledge is not knowledge is not power. Because everybody can, there's like knowledge is everywhere these days. You can Google anything. The correct um, ordering of knowledge and then the use of knowledge to be able to get what you want that's power. That's power. But just having knowledge, that's not powerful. There's a lot of people that know a lot of stuff that are dirt, dirt, dirt poor um, and are broken and, and just messed up people. But then there's people that don't know as much, but they know how to get knowledge and then how to order that knowledge and organize it and then use it to get what they want. And those are powerful people. You look at the president today, president of South Africa, president of the United States, president of England, whatever the the prime minister of England, um, whatever leader of the nation, he doesn't know everything. He just knows that people know everything. And so he knows how to organize that knowledge and then how to take everybody's advice and then go do the thing that they need to do. But he doesn't know everything. He doesn't know everything. That's why he has advisors, and he has these people around him. His mastermind group he gets them together and says, "What do you think about this thing? What do you think I should do?" And then those people are like super valuable to the president. And that's what fair needs. That's what the fair in your life needs, or that's what's going on. in you, you can't just interpret the dream. You need to be able to say what goes on around all that stuff. What's the plan that comes out? Now, here's the thing. I was thinking about this, and I'm gonna I'm gonna end off because I know I'm going on, but I don't really care. Because I'm like so enjoying talking to you guys. You guys are like amazing people to talk to. And um, and uh, if I could like just carry on, I would. But here's my thing. If God had told you to go do the thing that you were supposed to do. Like if God had told Joseph, I want you to go to Pharaoh. Like when he's still at his father's house. Before he goes through the whole process. Before he goes to gets sold off and blah, 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 blah. Do you think he would have gone? I don't think he's going to go he's not that obedient he hasn't been through the whole process he loves his father too much he's not going to go even though he might have a gift he's so he's not ready to go and stand before pharaoh so he's not going to go and 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 jonah proves it god tells him to go to nineveh he says i'm not going to go and so he doesn't go so i'm asking you this thing if god tells you to do something are you going to go and you can tell me yes i don't really like but i'm not the important one and I think the reason why you're going through some of the stuff that you're going through is you have a gift, you caught the attention of God, but you're not obedient yet. And he's not like he's telling you to do stuff that you're just not you're not doing it. And so you have to take you through this whole process. And one thing about this process, you're getting beat up and it's hurting and it's like cutting really deep. But by the time you get out of this process, there's a certain area that you're gonna be obedient in and you've learned don't be disobedient. When God speaks, go do. But it doesn't matter how much it costs, because I don't want to go through that whole process again. Fact is, somewhere along the line, you're going to say no again, and you're going to have to go through another process until you kind of get refined and this hard neck, stiff necked um, stubbornness kind of leaves your life. Um, And then on the inside of your life, you've got obedience and you've got these graces and you've got this gentleness that takes you to the place that you need to be so that when God speaks, you just say, Lord, I don't want to go through this again. I've been trained. Whatever you want, I'll do it. I just want to be pleasing. So, that's why, like, I'm thinking, if God's talking to you now, would you do it? And if if you're in the middle of a process, I think the reason why is because you haven't 100% surrendered yet. And said, okay, well, like, Lord, this isn't about me. It's about you. And this This stuff I need to learn. And I'm going to surrender to the process. So, yeah, guys, that was, like, my thing. And I hope you got it. I hope you understand it. Um, I don't know, like, if you're feeling this, but it seems like these podcasts are just getting richer and richer, and uh, the wisdom of God is flowing. The anointing, like, is on me right now while I'm talking to you, and it's just an amazing experience. And I'm so glad that you're with me on this. And because I know that if you're listening to this and you're this late in the podcast and you're this late in this episode, then you're really hungry. You're not. You're really hungry for more. And so long as there's a demand, there's going to be supply. That's how the kingdom works. There's a demand is supply. Um, and I just really believe that God's going to do some great things in your life. Love you guys. I'm praying for you. And um, remember, kingdom is out there. Go get it. <laughs>